Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. What's up, church? You feel good? I don't know where you're watching from today, but this group right here feels good. Hey, let me say hi to everybody, everybody around Denver, all the Denver-based campuses. We love you. Brussels, Belgium, we love you. If it's your first time today at our Brussels campus, welcome. We're so glad you're here today. Austin, Texas, we love you. Men and women at all three God Behind Bars locations, we love you so much. We believe in you. We're glad you're here today. How about the band? Make some noise for the band. It's Super Bowl weekend. It's Super Bowl weekend, people. Hey, I'm about to pray for my team. I'm just saying it's gonna happen. So if it's gonna make you mad, you need to start getting over it right now. So I'm about to pray. I've been praying for my team since I was a little kid. I'm not gonna stop now. And church, listen, we have two Red Rocks Church family members playing in the Super Bowl this weekend. Brian Jensen is the center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my man Shaq Barrett plays for the Buccaneers. And I promised Shaq this week, I said, Shaq, we're going to pray for you. Even if we're wearing Chiefs jerseys today, we're going to pray for you. And he said, I'm going to be chasing that 15 all day long. Church, let's pray. God, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that your presence is with us no matter where we're watching from. Whether it's a house or a building or a car or an office or a gym or a hike or a bike or a trail. I thank you that your presence is with us. God, I pray you speak to us today, encourage us today, build us up today, challenge us today. And God, I pray that Shaq would have 12 sacks and the Bucks would win the Super Bowl in Jesus' name. And even the Chiefs fans said, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Welcome. If you're visiting, welcome to Red Rocks Church. We are a youth group for adults. And we're glad you are here. We're in this series uh, called Legacy. In fact, we're finishing this series today called Legacy. Have you enjoyed this series? My gosh, so many great messages and Doug's. And it's just been an amazing series. And uh, yeah, just getting started, Doug. Just getting started. Um, no, we've had a great time. And, and honestly, um, I want to leave you at the end of this series with this one thought. This is my, I want you to take this, this thought home with you. I'm going to begin today's talk with it. I'm going to end today's talk with it. And here's the thought I want you to take home with you. If I'm going to leave a legacy that I'm proud of someday, it's got to start today. If I want to leave a legacy I'm proud of someday, it's got to start today. We talked about this week one. Legacies are not built on good intentions. Good intentions don't build good legacies. Hopes and dreams don't build good legacies. At some point, we got to put the rubber to the road and say, I'm going to go build the legacy that I want to leave behind someday. 
and we crave it. We crave this kind of life. It's why we have this, this innate feeling, whether you have faith in Jesus or not, and you're just tuning in, it's why we have this innate feeling that says, I want to matter. I, I want purpose. I want to do something. I want to make a difference. I want to live beyond myself. We crave it. God's word puts it like this, Psalm 112, 6. says, surely the righteous, that's us once we put our faith in Jesus, not because of what we've done, because of what he has done, we become perfectly righteous in God's sight. The righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. We were created to create, to, excuse me, we were created to crave this, this feeling of, I want to live my life in such a way that I make a difference in the here and now for the kingdom of God. And I leave this faith legacy that changes the landscape of eternity behind me when I'm done. We crave it. That's why Books like The Purpose Driven Life sell a gazillion copies because around the globe, even whether, whether you have faith in Jesus or not, we have this feeling, I want to matter. I want to leave a legacy when I'm done. And listen, if this, is your, if this is your church family and you have given here, I want you to know that you're not just talking about leaving a legacy. You are leaving a legacy. I want to make an announcement before I continue with today's message, and I probably should have made the announcement before, but I, I keep waiting for the right big moment, and uh, finally the team was like, hey, you want to stop waiting for a big moment? Just do it, huh? And so last year, at the end of last year, we did what we do every year. We took an end-of-year offering. At the end of every year, if this is your church, you know, mid-December, we just take a pause, and we just go, God, based on everything you've blessed me with. What would you have me do to build your kingdom and not mine? On top of my tithe, on top of my regular giving, this is just from, from our surplus, God, what would you ask us to do to build your kingdom, not mine? And we take this offering every year, and the truth is we give most of it away, and we go help people literally around the world. And if you want to know some of the stuff that we've been doing specifically, go watch the last message in last year's Kingdom Builder series in December. I went through a whole bunch of it. But we almost didn't do the offering this year because, or last year because it was like, man, it's 2020 and it's, it's COVID, this crazy worldwide pandemic. And let's be honest, if there's ever been a time when we've been more tempted to live like this with all our stuff and everything we have, it's, it's 2020 because of the confusion and because of the job problems and because of all the, the unknowns around the corner, right? And we almost didn't do it, but we're like, no. On the good days and on the bad days, we said we were going to be a generous church. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. We're going to take this offering and see what happens. Church, as a church family, I was just reminded again, one of the one million reasons why I love being a part of this church family. As a church family, we gave in the year-end offering last year, go ahead and put that number up, $2,372,752.94 pennies. Guys, that's crazy. That's unheard of. You're not just talking about leaving a legacy. You're leaving a legacy. Because when we do stuff like that, it frees us up to do this. This is how much we gave away last year. Put that number up. As a church family, don't clap yet. As a church family, we gave away over $2.4 million last year because of your generosity. We are literally around the globe trying to steal kids out of trafficking and, and starvation and violence and abuse. And by the thousands, we're feeding and clothing and sheltering and educating and teaching Jesus to kids in Haiti and Rwanda. We're building churches in India. We gave hundreds of thousands of dollars in COVID relief in every area where we have a church, like you're not talking about leaving a legacy. You're leaving a legacy, church. It's who we are. 
And I'm telling you this, go ahead and put that up. We are just getting started. Wait till we hit the end of 2021, and I get to tell you what we as a church family have been able to do, but we're making an impact around the globe. We're not going to talk about leaving a legacy. We're going to leave one. But what I want you to know, and this is real important, we didn't give away $2.4 million last year on accident. We didn't go, oh my gosh, I didn't even see it coming. Look at us. We're generous. That didn't happen. We're not leaving a legacy church on accident. There's a whole lot of intentionality that goes with every single positive kingdom-building legacy that somebody leaves. And we didn't, we didn't give away that money on accident. We had a very specific plan, and I want to share it with you today. Go ahead and put that up. Many years ago, we did these four things. We defined who we wanted to be. We created a plan. We started small, and we stayed consistent. Keep that up for a sec. We didn't, we didn't give away $2.4 million 16 years later on accident. It started with, at the very beginning, we defined who we want to be. We said, who do we want to be as a church family? And we came up with four words, authenticity, humility, unity, and generosity. And we said, we might not be good. We might suck at everything else, but we can control these things, and we're going to be really good when it comes to being humble and authentic and unified and generous. We're going to be a generous church. And so we defined who it is we wanted to be right off the jump. And then the truth is, we created a plan. And it's a simple plan, but it's a great one. We said this, we're going to do what we do as individuals, as a church. We're going to tithe. So just like we as, as, as individuals, for me and my family, 10% of everything that comes to our household goes back to wherever we're at in church to build the kingdom of God. That's how we live. And so as, as a leadership team, we said, well, then that's how our church is going to live. So everything that comes into the church, we're going to give 10% away to go build God's kingdom someplace else. And then with the rest of it, we're just going to hold it real lightly and just go, God, what do you want? You point me in the right direction. You put something on my heart. You show us a need that we feel like we can be a part of, and we'll give on top of that. And that was our plan. And, and, and church, we started small. Our very first tithe check, I'll never forget it, it was $40. Because our very first offering, I'll never forget it, was 400 Because that was the day after our first day of church, I realized us getting paid and being able to pay the rent, we a long way off from that. I'll never forget that $40 check. BZ, you know what I'm talking about. We started small, but we said, here's 40. Give it away to another ministry. Go build the kingdom of God, because we're going to be a generous church someday. And, and, and we blinked, and we had an opportunity to give away a $10,000 van to an Ethiopian pastor. And we had not a penny in savings. And we had about 50, 60 people who called Red Rocks Church home. And together, we gathered up $10,000 and gave this missionary a van. And, and it was a pivotal moment for us in the church, but it was something that we could do in the moment. And, and, then, and then a few years later, we, could, we still didn't have salaries as a full-time staff. We still didn't have enough staff members for us at church. But we met some, some guys who were starting another church, and they desperately needed 30 grand to get a guy in place to start the church. And we realized our problems aren't going to be solved by 30 grand, and we happen to have 30 grand, so let's give it to them. And we helped another church hire a pastor so they could go start in another state, and, and but it so we started with 40 bucks, and then, and then we were able to give 10,000 bucks, and then we were able to bless another church with $30,000, and last year we gave away $2.4 million. It didn't happen by accident. 
We defined who we wanted to be. We created a plan. We started small, and then we just stayed consistent. And consistent's where the magic is, right? Legacies aren't built on good intentions. They're built on consistent choices throughout our life. And I'm going to get more into that here, here in just a second. I want to talk about you guys for a sec. Not you. I want to talk about us. I say you because I've been challenging myself with this all week. I want to talk about us as a church family because I want, I want to take that exact same plan that we as a church used to get where we're at today when it comes to being who we wanted to be years ago and leaving behind the kind of legacy we've always dreamed of. I want, I want to challenge you to do what I've been doing all week, which is take that same little formula and, and start applying it to your life and your dreams and your goals and your legacy. So would you put that next slide up? Who do you want to be? Would you write it down this week? Listen, I did this exercise this week. I wrote down 10 things of the person I want to be and what I want to be remembered for. And it was such a good exercise because what I realized is eight of them I feel real positive about. Two of them, if I died tomorrow, I won't be remembered for them. And I want to be. It was a great exercise for me because I just realized if I want to be remembered for this and this, I got to make some changes. I got to start living differently because good intentions ain't going to make a good legacy. So I want to challenge you this week. Who do you want to be? What's your plan? Write it down. Start small and, and stay consistent. Listen, Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. I would say this, where there is no vision, we will perish we just won't leave legacies that we wish we did. You'll never accidentally leave a kingdom-building legacy that goes on and changes generations. It's going to take some intentionality. If I want to leave a legacy I'm proud of someday, I got to start today. And so do you. And I want to be your friend and your pastor today and nudge you in the right direction to stop wishful thinking. I had this sobering thought this week. When I come to the end of my life, whether it's this week or 100 years from now, there's going to be a point when I look back and I look at my legacy. And you know what I realized this week? I won't be surprised by what I see. Neither will you. And if you are, it means you've just been really naive. The people watching you won't be surprised by the legacy in your life. Your family members won't be surprised by the legacy you leave because they're watching you live it right now. We won't get to the end of our life and go, oh my gosh, there it is. It's amazing. I didn't even see it coming. Good intentions don't leave good legacies. That little plan I just gave you, the top three won't leave a good legacy. We're going to get into this here in a second. Just defining it and having a plan and doing it once won't leave a good legacy. It takes consistency. We got to start making choices that push us towards the person we want to be, the life we want to live, and the legacy we want to leave. We could do this, though. This is... Let this be encouraging. No guilt today. Let this be encouraging. Like, yes, I can. That's the message I believe God wants us to hear today. Yes, you can. Doug sent me a text. He said, you know the best time to plant a tree? He said, 10 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree? Today. That's where a lot of us are. And that's where I realized two of my 10 things are. I haven't lived the way that I need to if I want to be remembered for two of those things, but I can start today. I can start making some choices today, and I can change that around. But at some point, we need to define who we want to be and what's your plan. How am I going to get there? Write it out. Make it plain. This will put you on a path towards starting to be the person who you want to be. And then start small. 
I was texting with Pastor Craig this week. I said, Pastor Craig, here's what I'm going to talk about. And, and I'm not exactly sure how to say it, but when it comes to executing a plan and having discipline and like, there's nobody better than you. Like, what should I tell him? What should I tell the church? And he sent me this text. Go ahead and put this up. He said, tell him no more BHAGs. From now on, we need S-bags. I'm not mature enough to, to, to use acronyms like this because I get all kinds of thoughts in my head and then I'm supposed to preach. I got a little party going on in here and I can't do it. I literally told some of my friends, I'm like, I'm going to say that. And they started mocking me. Pastor Craig, if he were here and said it, you know what you guys, you wouldn't have laughed. You'd be like this. Oh my gosh. Mm. Oh, I'm going to tweet that. That's mm, amen. Yeah. BHAG. It's not right, but it's true. I said, Pastor Craig, what are you talking about? He said, tell him this. He said, too many of us today have big, hairy, audacious goals. And they overwhelm us. And we start them, and three weeks later, we fail, and we don't keep it up, and then we quit, and we never make any progress. He said, what we need, if you want to start actually living the kind of life you want, we need some S-bags. Ronnie, I thought they meant sandbags at first, because me and Ronnie, we're undefeated in a three-state area in Cornhole. (laughs) Jordan, Conrad, you know, BZ, you know, you felt the wrath. And every time we've spanked you, it has hurt us more than it has hurt you. I promise you, it's, it's, it's love, you know? You see what I mean? I can't use these things. So, so he said, now tell him this. Tell him you need stretching, but attainable goals. Too many type A people go, what you gonna do big? Big, hairy, audacious goals. Here's what I'm gonna do. And three weeks later, you don't do it, so you quit. And Pastor Craig said, tell them if they'll start small and set some goals that stretch you just a little bit, but they're attainable, that's where you want to start. And listen, there's nothing wrong with starting small. Zechariah 4.10 says, do not despise despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Your Father in heaven will look at some of you. Some of you, you've been wanting to be, you want to be remembered as somebody who had a close relationship with God, but the truth is you haven't read the Bible five times in five years. And you're just like, I don't know how it's ever going to happen. And, and I literally, Pastor Craig was talking about this, and he's like, don't start with, this year I'm going to read the Bible four times and memorize the book of Philippians. Because mm. three weeks go, and you miss four days, and you quit, and you get nowhere. He's like, what if you just started like, I'll just read it. I'll read a chapter. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe it's, I'll read a verse a day. For some of you, that'd be a great start. In fact, the version Bible app will send you one if you let it. I'll just, I'll read a verse a day and that's where I start. I'll read a verse a day and say a 60 second prayer. And I bet you, you start doing that for about a week or two or three. And pretty soon you go, you know what? I'm gonna read a verse a day, say a prayer and throw a worship song on it. And pretty soon it's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read three verses. I'm gonna read, th- I'm gonna read four verses. You just, whatever feels good. And here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna walk out a few months of life and you're gonna look back and you're gonna go, wait a sec. I haven't been talking about building a relationship with God for the past few months. I've been doing it. This is who I am because I started small and actually did it. He said, he said, I see people who say, I'm going to start working out. And, you know, nobody's got arms like Pastor Craig. So I listen to him when he talks about working out. And he's like, you know, I hear people talking about working out. And, and he goes, you know, they've been sitting on the couch for 10 years. And they start with, I'm going to go to the gym for two hours a day. And three, three, four days in, they can't move their arms. And they're like, I quit. Can't do it. He's like, don't start with that. Start small. Start with a few push-ups. Start with 25 push-ups. I can't do it. Start with 10 can't do 10. Start with five. 
I can't start with one push-up a day. I can't do one push-up on your knees. I can't do one push-up on my knees. Lay down on the floor and stand up once a day. Like start, because pretty soon you will start one push-up, two push-ups, a few sit-ups. Maybe I'll get a gym membership. Maybe I'll, and you boom, 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 and you look back and you go, look what kind of shape I'm in. I'm gonna leave a legacy because this is how I'm living because I started small. But we can't just start small. We gotta stay consistent, right? Consistency is where the magic is. We become what we repeatedly do, Sean Covey. We, we become what we repeatedly do. I read a, another quote very similar to it this week, and it says, our life, we are the sum total of our choices. It's why I said your legacy won't surprise you. If this link of this red chain represents a choice. Let's just go back to that Bible one. I wanna be a person who really knows God and communicates a lot, and he communicates with me through the word. I I wanna be known for that. This is a choice to get in the Bible today. And if I do this consistently, when I feel stupid, when I feel inept, when I feel fake, when I feel like he doesn't care, when I'm having a good day, when I'm having a bad day, if I just keep making these choices, you know what happens? Pretty soon, you're gonna get to the end of your life and you're gonna look back and you're not gonna wish you left a legacy about a person who connected with God. You're gonna look back and go, I chose, 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 I chose. It's actually who I am. It's the legacy I'm going to leave. Consistency is the game changer for a legacy. All our legacy is at the end of the day is the sum total of a whole bunch of choices we made along the way. So pick any, pick any area of your life that you want to be remembered for, that you want to leave a legacy in that lane and start to realize you can't see it as this imaginary single strand cord that goes from now till your last day. You've got to see it as a chain, and it's made up of your choices, and each day is a different choice, and each choice is a difficult choice, and one choice by itself won't leave a legacy. One choice by itself will be a blip, but a whole bunch of consistent choices, and pretty soon you turn around and go, I have a legacy to leave. I had a real tension point with this concept this week. This was one of the busier and more chaotic weeks that I've had in a long time. And you guys know we live in a world where it doesn't matter what your plans are. Everything we plan right now is subject to change, isn't it? Every date, every dinner, every meeting, every travel, everything's subject to change because of COVID. You just don't know. Well, several weeks ago, I agreed and am honored this weekend to get to speak at Flatirons Community Church here in Colorado. I love that church. I have so much respect for that church. I love Pastor Jim. I have so much respect for him, and his biceps are also crazy. I said, yes, I was so honored. So I invited a friend to come speak here this weekend. Who called last minute, and you already know what he said. I got COVID. I can't come. I went, I'm sorry? (laughs) What? I don't... Okay. Okay, cool. So I texted the guys. I go, hey, guys, uh, I think I'm speaking this weekend. 
at our church and at Flatirons Church. <laughs> and I don't have a message. And I'm working on a book right now that has to be done by the end of this month on anxiety, ironically enough. So this week, I'm supposed to finish the book, write a message for a church that I've never preached at, which also already makes me nervous, and come up with a message that I don't have for our church finishing out a legacy series. I'm crazy busy. My, my chest muscles are getting tight. I'm having trouble breathing. My wife's encouraging me like, oh, you're doing so good. Like, I know what she means. Like, you're about to break down, aren't you? And, and I'm like, <sighs> and, and all of a sudden, I get a call from my son, Ethan. He says, Dad, our game tonight that was supposed to be at 7 o'clock at Dakota Ridge is at 5.30 at Chatfield. It's not a big deal unless you understand the context. See, basketball games right now for the kids, at least where we live, the kids go in the building, they play in masks, and no parents can come in the building and watch. So if we're lucky, we get to watch some of the games on a live video feed if the school has the technology and somebody films it, we get to sit home. So my plan was I gotta work furiously and feverishly all day long until 6.59 p.m., and then at 7 o'clock, I'll open my laptop and watch Ethan play because he's playing an away game at Dakota Ridge. See, home games are a different story because I found a way to weasel my way in to the home games. I've been watching Ethan play basketball since he was three. He's a senior. I'm not missing these games. Arrest me. I'm going to find out how to get in that building. Well, I found out how. The coach sent me a text. He said, I know this is a crazy question, but um, you can come to all the home games if, uh, <clears throat> if you'll be the announcer. <laughs> I seriously wanted to text him back and go, can I show you my calendar right now? And then you won't ask me that question again. Do you, do you think I have time to be the Chatfield Chargers varsity basketball team announcer? but I get to get in the home games. So now I'm the Chatfield Chargers varsity basketball team announcer. And I'm not bad. I got to be honest. I'm not bad. I'm getting more comfortable. Okay. I got two messages to write and a book, and I have tight chest and breathing issues, and I got to work till seven, and my son calls and goes, Dad, the game was supposed to be at Dakota Ridge. I can't go announce the away games. I can only announce the home games. Dad, the game's supposed to be at Dakota Ridge, so you were going to turn on your laptop at seven, but someone at Dakota Ridge got COVID, so they shut the whole school down. So now they moved it to Chatfield. Now it's a home game, and it starts in 30 minutes. We're warming up. Get here. <sighs> son, you know, two messages in the book. I got to work till seven, and the first thought that came to my mind was, just tell him you can't. They'll understand. The coach will understand. You guys changed the plans. I know you didn't mean to. It's COVID. It happens, but I got to work. I can't make it. They'll understand. My son will understand. Just tell him you can't make it. You got to work. All of a sudden, that thought, you want to leave a... See, one of, my, one of my things on my list is I want to be a really good dad. And I know to be a really good dad, can't do it all the time. It's a tension to be managed with work, but there's got to be times when he wins over my job if I'm going to really be there. Well... That thought went through my mind. Yeah, you get out of this. Everybody will understand, but you won't be there tonight. And remember, that's the legacy you want to leave. And I went, it all happened in like a nanosecond. You know how you can think a whole bunch of things in a second? I went, Ethan, <clears throat> I see in a few. Hung up the phone, shut my laptop, sped over to Chatfield, sat down at the desk, got my readers on so I could see the roster. 
do you, and got my readers on so I could see the roster. And I high-fived my son as he walked onto the court that night. I got to be there with him. Now, listen, here's, here's the tough part about this, though. If that's the only time that happens in my life, here's my legacy once I leave. Right there. That's not a legacy, is it? It's a blip. So what I got to do is I got to go... Today, I'm going to shut the laptop and go home and be with the kids. That's just today. Today, I'm going to put the phone down at dinner time and engage. Today, I'm going to forego that work trip and just be there. Today, I'm going to turn off the TV and go pray with my son tonight when he goes to bed. Every single one's a decision, right? But if I'll keep making that decision time after time after time after time, there's going to be a day when I'm going to get to turn around and go, I didn't just want to live that way. I lived that way. That's my legacy. And it won't be a surprise to me, and it won't be a surprise to my boys. That's a choice we got to make. The consistency thing changes the game. My son Austin came to me two years ago. He's about this high. He said, Dad, I'm going to dunk. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. Jill, tell him who his parents are. You, you, you see that's not going to happen. We're touch the net family. That's who we are. We're touch the net people, Austin. Just get used to that. That's who we are. We're touch the net people on a good day. I said, no, dad, I'm going to dunk. I said, all right, son. I said, what's your plan? He said, I'm going to do leg lifts like crazy. He didn't even know what to call them. He went to the gym. He learned how to squat. He started doing deadlifts. He started doing all kinds of leg workouts nonstop, I'm not, all the time. In fact, he's turned our loft over the last bit of time into his own personal gym. Can you put that picture up? So I want you to notice some things. There's Ashton's chair because he, the couch isn't close enough to the video games. All right, that's a parenting issue for sure. I am aware. And then he's taken the workout bench and created a second gaming chair out of the workout bench. See that? That's no longer a workout bench. That's a gaming chair, but not Austin. Now, Austin games at a pro level. That's also a parenting issue, okay? But not in there. Austin goes in this room almost every single night and does deadlifts with that. Whether his brothers are playing video games or not, he's doing deadlifts because he's going to dunk. He's been doing it for two years. He sent me this video this week. It's a, about a two-second video, so we looped it about five times, but he sent me this video this week. Watch this. Carson, give me one in slow-mo. That's my son. I made that. I made a dunker. I was talking to him this week. I was talking to him this week. He said, Dad, I've been working out for two years. And he, said, he said this. This wasn't even like me trying to pull it out of him for a sermon story, because I do that from time to time. <laughs> Truth. He goes, Dad, not once have I ever worked out and left the gym and felt like I could jump higher. Not once. But he goes, today... Dad, I felt like I could fly. 
two years of just being consistent. And now he's at a new level. That's the goal for us, isn't it? Pick your lane, pick your legacy, pick who you wanna be remembered for. Write it down, get a plan, start small, and just make the choice every single day. I build legacies with these. And every single day, I'll do my best. Oh, it's a tension to be managed every day, and there's ups and there's downs. But one of these days, if I, if I choose it enough, I'm gonna turn around and have a chain. I wanted to be known as a person who had a relationship with God right after I got saved. And, and I tried to read the Bible, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you two that were on my list, and then I'm going to wrap up. Um, and I, I challenge you to, to give each of these two um, a chance to make your list. I wanted to be known as a person who loves God and a person who helps people find a relationship with Jesus. With the love God thing, I went, okay, this is not rocket science. I got to start spending time with him. I don't know how. Someone gave me a Bible. I got saved at a church in Illinois, was there for a couple weeks on a visit, went back to LA where I lived. I don't have a Christian friend. I don't know a church person. I don't know of a church. So I'd go sit on this, this coffee shop on Melrose Avenue. I did it almost every night for three weeks. I sit down and I put a huge Bible, put my Marlboro Reds and my Zippo. And I, I didn't know where to open it. I started at the beginning one night. That didn't say, ah, it doesn't, I don't have anything to do with that. So then I started opening it in the middle. <sighs> Got to exhale at some point, don't I? <laughs> I sucked. That's all I felt. I suck at this. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel stupid, I feel fake, I feel so silly trying to do this. It's not me. I kept trying. I blinked, and I moved to Illinois, and I ended up living with a guy named Mikey, and Mikey was an intern at the church, and he had to go to the sanctuary every morning and pray and read his Bible before his workday started. And I was like, well, man, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm just gonna go with you. And so I started going to the church, and they went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so four days a week. I would go to this church, and they had these big old long pews, and I'm not a morning person. So one out of the four days, I'm sleeping every single week. For sure, I would just be like, yeah, this is amazing. I mean, it just felt so holy, too. It was like, wow. And I would get the best sleep while he was reading his Bible. I'd say about one out of the remaining three days, for sure, at least one, I would read and be like, all I could think about was like, oh, check out the hot girl Jill and um, lunch. And um, I live in Illinois. And uh, like, I would just, and, and I, you ever read and get done and go, what did I just read? Not a clue. Put a gun to my head. I couldn't tell you what I just read. On average, about two out of four times, I would read, I'd come across a verse and be like, I think that's for me. I think, that's, I think that's God. I think I need to pay attention to that. I felt like, like, like God was speaking to me only about two out of four times. It was messy, messy. I remember very specifically being very proud of the streak I had going and missed one week that first year. 
And then me and some friends went back to LA and we saw my old roommate from LA. His name was Greg. And we met him at this restaurant and I ran up to him and he was like, whoa. He goes, I didn't even recognize you. I had the exact same clothes I wore in LA. There's no shopping in Rockford, Illinois. I didn't buy clothes in Rockford. I had the exact same clothes on. I weighed the same. My hair looked the same. Everything. He goes, bro. Gives me a hug. He's like, oh my gosh. You don't even look the same. How's that possible? I mean, I was trying to connect with God, but only two out of four times that I even think I might've got something. How's that even possible that he thought I looked like a different person? Because over the course of the year, Two times every week, this choice came through, which means last year I met with the creator of the universe a hundred times, a hundred times. This newbie to the faith met with the creator of the universe and it changed the way I looked. It changed the way I walked. It changed the way I talked. It changed who I am. It changed the legacy I'm going to leave someday. And they feel so messy and so insignificant when you're making the choice, don't they? but it's a bunch of these and pretty soon you wind up, you're gonna have a legacy. Band, would you come up? I'm gonna share one last story and it's not a check me out story. Um, It's a, I learned a really good lesson story. One of the things I wanted to be known as is somebody who helped people find God. In fact, the day I gave my life to God, I was in a church And I walked out into the parking lot, and I remember telling God in the parking lot of the church what I just experienced, I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling people about. I just am. I don't know what that means. I just am. And I kind of had this deal going with God for the rest of my life. You open a door, I'll share my testimony. I can't share the Bible. I don't know any of it. But I can share my testimony. Well, so I moved to Illinois, and at one point, I start interning, which I couldn't fathom that I was even doing, and I was interning to be a pastor, but knew I wasn't going to be a pastor, so I think I was just trying to, like, stay saved, to be honest, and we made 50 bucks a week, and so the pastor's wife was trying to help me out, and so she got me a job. I play college soccer, so she got me an assistant coaching job for the varsity soccer team. It's not announcer, but it was assistant coach. (laughs) It paid, like, $2,000, I think, for the whole year. But it was a lot when you make 50 bucks a week. So I'm the coach, assistant, assistant to the assistant. Shut up. Um, One day, one of the kids needed a ride home. So I give him a ride home. And I had that, that feel that God was like, hey, you said you'd share your story. When I give you a chance, you got a chance. I'm like, I've never been more afraid of a 16 year old. And I was like, hey, man, before you, uh, before you hop out, um, I don't even know what I said, guys. I, I, I noticed you've been struggling and having some hard times. I hear you guys talking. And you know, I, I once was like really struggling and having some hard times. And I went to church and Jesus stuff and really helped. And what do you think? You want that? <laughs> and this 16-year-old was like, No. And in only a way a teenager can do made me feel about this tall with his eyes and facial expression. And then he got out of the car and left. And I was 24 years old. And I was like, well, I'm not going back to practice. That's for darn sure. 
He's going to tell his friends. They're all going to be making fun of me. I can't handle it. I felt so stupid, so insignificant. How dare I have a dream like sharing my faith? I can't. And, and I'm, I'm not saying check me out. I'm just saying it's, it's been so important to me over the years that I, I, I'm going to guess hundreds of times. I've been like, hey, I don't know. That's a good question, man. But I'll tell you what God did for me. And I just, I just keep trying. I feel so stupid every time. And now as a pastor, I even feel more stupid sometimes because everyone's like, oh, you're the pastor. That's what pastors do. I just keep doing it. Well, 10 years ago, there's a lot of sports stories today. 10 years ago, I was a second grade assistant football coach in Littleton, Colorado. And all the other coaches, all the parents, there was like six or eight of us, second grade football. We had a whole coaching staff, very serious. And the other coaches all knew I was a pastor. And they liked to make fun of me for that in this little fun little jabbing way they had. They'd be like, oh, oh sorry, pastor. <laughs> you got me. And uh, it was just a thing, but they knew. One day I get a text message from one of the coaches. He says, can we please talk now? And I'm like, yeah, I'll give you a call. And he goes, no, 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 in person. And I'm like, oh boy. We go to a, I think it was like a Safeway parking lot. And he gets in my truck, big old boy, and just breaks down. Goes on to explain to me that a close friend has just passed away of cancer. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. It wasn't his time. He was too young. There can't be a God. God can't be real. God can't be loving. I'm having some crazy thoughts. I don't feel right. He was losing it just a little. And I did what I've been doing for a while now. I said, here we go again. I said, man, I don't understand all that stuff either. But I'll tell you what God did in my life. And I told him my story. And I said, I, we, we, we have church tonight. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's at a theme park. Um, <clears throat> don't ask. I'd love for you to come. I'm very prepared to get shut down. And he just looked at me and he went, I'll be there. And what I later found out from his wife is that he went home and said he'd been telling his wife all the time they were married, you can go to church, you can take the kids to church, but he would say, I'm not going to church. I don't want anything to do with it. His dad got sick when he was little. He's been blaming God the whole time. I don't want anything to do with that stuff. Well, he came to Red Rocks Church. He experienced the presence and the power of God, gave his life fully over to God. And you want to talk about leaving a legacy. My friend, my friend Scott, one of the most loving, humble, joyful, serving other people kind of guy I've ever known in my life. Everybody who knows Scott knows this. He's probably been at your house helping you fix something. He probably called you and asked if he could come help. It's who he was. It's the legacy he left. One of the many amazing parts of his legacy was he just loved people and loved helping and served other people. He got, he gave his life to God. He got so excited about being a part of Red Rocks Church that he got on the security team. 
This is a picture of, of Scott with the security team. He's the one in the middle with the Wyoming hoodie on. What he didn't know is that would turn into be his new family. And his small group would turn into be his new family. And then Scott got, Scott got baptized at the Littleton campus. I had the, the amazing honor of baptizing Scott when he went public with his faith right here in a swimming pool right beneath this stage. And Scott be became this, I'm on fire for God. I'm a different man. I'm a different dad. I'm a different husband. Our family's different. Our lives are different guy. And I got to watch it. He didn't get saved because of me. He was seeking out God. That's why he called a pastor when he was at his lowest point. He was going to find God. The only reason I got to have a front row seat to watch him experience life change is because I just gave this one more chance. And I can't tell you how many times I've tried this and felt really stupid and inadequate, but I said, it's who I want to be. I'm going to give it one more chance. And God used it and fire happened that day. Something special happened. God changed his life. Here's what we didn't know. We didn't know that March 21, 2020, Scott would go to be with Jesus after losing his own battle to cancer. And I can't tell you how many times I think about Scott and I think about the amazing legacy he left and the ama amazing life he led. And I'm so very grateful that there was this one day when I felt really stupid, but I just made the choice. I'm not saying check me out. I've just learned a lot through this process that I made that choice. If I'm going to try it again, I've tried. I felt stupid, but it's who I want to be. It's the only way I get to live the way I want is to keep making the choice. I'm going to try again. I'm going to share my story. And now I'm going, look what God did. As your pastor, I want you to have a whole bunch of these that you look back on one day and go, that's the way I lived. That's the legacy I left. And it wasn't a surprise because I made a whole bunch of these choices along the way. I knew I was building that legacy. Everyone who I loved knew I was building that legacy. And now here it is. And here's how it's changed the world. And here's how it's going to change generations behind me. We're going to sing a song. We're going to sing a song called Something Has to Break. And here's my, my prayer, is I feel like there's so many times in our life when it's like, that's the person I want to be. I can see it. He's right there. She's right there. But there's like this invisible wall that for whatever reason, it just keeps us from getting there. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I don't believe in myself. I'll never be able to with, with, withhold it. I'll never keep it going. Whatever it is, all our inadequacies, Satan will put lies in your ear and tell you you'll never make it. Don't even start. You'll never finish it. You won't see it through. You don't have what it takes. There's this invisible wall and it, like it keeps us from just starting the process of going, no, that's who I want to be. That's who God's calling me to be. I'm going to go chase that. And as we sing this song, I have prayed that something supernatural would happen just in your heart and in your mind that as we sing, something has to break, that that wall goes away and something starts to stand up on the inside of you and you go, yes, I can. I gave up, but I'm starting again. I'm going to start today because I'm going to build myself a legacy that I'm proud of someday. And if I want a legacy I'm proud of someday, it's got to start today. Everybody on your feet at every location. God, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're speaking. I thank you that you have a plan for every single one of us. Some of us 
You have plans for our life we don't even know about. But we know you're active. We know you're alive. We know you're working. We know you have a calling on our life. You've put this desire in our heart to do something that matters, something that will outlive us. And so God, I pray right now that you would start breaking down walls, that you would start helping us to crash through whatever's been stopping us and, and realize our God's here with us and he's gonna take us exactly where he has planned for us in Jesus' name. And everybody at every location said, let's worship.